Willis to prove that your, your, your credentials are impeccable and that your, uh, uh, your, uh, your motives are, all, are only the highest aesthetic motives. That's the only way. Well, after all this time, weeks and weeks of this, I finally said, say, uh, <laughs> would uh, you like to see a little of the countryside? I know a uh, place where I can share the countryside. My phone in the morning. I'm driving down this, this road, which I knew about, which uh, was a very private road, see, where uh, you could look at the country and other things, see. We go about two and a half uh, uh, feet into this road, and all of a sudden, Oh, my God. Of all the my left rear one goes up. The rubber over a quarter of a mile of territory around. Kaboom! Yeah. Well, I killed the evening. From that time on, I wasn't even interested. I knew what, I knew what was going to happen. I knew what I had to do at that point. My spare... What a joke. My spare... <laughs> I had a spare that would go flat while I was fixing it. That kind of a spare, you know? It was just a whole series of nail holes held together with glue. That spare, you know? So I got out of the car, I said, oh, God, no. And at that point, it started to rain. Well, now, had it been raining before I got the flat, it would have been cozy. I said, you know, I was going to take this walk down the river sometime, but uh, due to the fact that the rain, I was going to have to sit here in the weeds and look out at the river from inside the car and, uh, getting kind of cold in here, so you ought to sit kind of close to me, and, uh, you know, no way. It's raining. I'm out in the back trying. Have you ever tried to jack up the back of a 27,000-pound, 18-hand Ford with a $2.75 used jack that was originally designed for what looked like small Austin? And, um, and, and you know, and, and it's, it's sinking in, in grass and sand. I don't mean concrete. The jack keeps going down the ground. You know, that was the last time I saw her. I mean, we, we parted intimately with mutual agreement because she got madder and madder in the front seat of the car. Kept the hollering out. She kept hollering out. Uh, Would you please hurry? It's getting late. Please hurry. By that time, I had no fingernails. Uh, I finally got enough rocks under the, under the jack to get the car up, at which point three of the rocks slipped out. The car fell heavily down on the axle. Now I had to dig out from under the axle to get the jack in there again to get it back up to the surface of the ground. Oh, I don't even want to go on. It went on and on and on. I finally got the spare on. I lowered the car down on the spare, and as it lowered down, it just kept going down. The spare went Now I got two flat. Well, I can only say that many a life has been changed by a flat tire. Now, had I not had a flat tire that night, that particular night, no telling what might have happened. Maybe because I'll tell you what might have did occur. That very same girl married a friend of mine. It turns out that uh, she was a fantastic, unbelievably diligent nester. And it's hard to believe, but within one year of their marriage, they had eight children. At least it seemed like it. Within two years of the marriage, her mother has moved into the house, and her father is living out on the front porch of their house. Three years later, her brother is now living in the garage, which they have fixed up as a playroom for him. 
32 years old. He needed a playroom. And uh, at last reports, my friend, well, I don't even want to go into that, you know, the whole, he went through the whole scene. Alcoholism, he got nervous, he took up crocheting, he told her he wasn't interested in girls anymore, moved to the village. Uh, the whole thing, it all came about. Now, had I not, you know, I, I, I think, how, what a great, that was a, that was a pivotal flat in my career. Who, who could have known what might have happened, you know? So I don't want to think of that. That's a sickening story, you know. So flat tires can do it to you, but on this particular occasion, you want to hear what happened. A flick. This is an object lesson to you guys out there. So uh, we, our ordinary way of getting tires is to go down to the, <laughs> the smiling great. See, we walk in, say, hi, Sal. And he never talked, because he had this big cigar that would stick out right out of the middle of his face. So he couldn't open his mouth. If he did, the cigar would fly out, you know. And he was always chewing on what looked like a hamburger at the same time. So we would come in, and he set this crummy-looking hat pulled out with buttons all around the top of the seat and stubble. They looked like a toad, dude. And we would walk up to Sal's little office there. We'd say, hey, Sal. <clears throat> He'd go like that, and a cloud of black smoke would come out. Hey, Sal, we're going back and look for tires, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's all, see? It, it, it meant, okay, go on back and look for tires. So we would go back to this junkyard. That's <laughs> junkyard, you know, it stretched about four miles. For those of you who've never been in a real first-class junkyard, you are missing a true aesthetic experience. You agree with that? It is really an experience. And a lot of people have never been. You, Lee, the first time you were in a junkyard, was when we were shooting parts of of, uh, of Gene Shepard's America, the TV series, and you flipped in that junkyard. Well, you can understand the basic lure of a junkyard. I mean, it's, first of all, you see all these dramas. You go back there and you see a $12,000 Jaguar that apparently has been sat upon by an elephant. And uh, <laughs> you can even see a little elephant dung on the top. You wonder, what the hell happened? And you, you ask the guy, what happened to him? Oh, I don't know. I just draw it in here. I just pull it in here. I bought it, you know, for the tires. And that's all. You know, you, you're surrounded by human drama all around you. Also, a lot of great junk. If you like junk, you're surrounded by a lot of stuff, see? So, yeah, you, you wouldn't believe you, what you can find in a junkyard. So, in the back of, of, the, of the smiling Greek's junkyard was this Catskill Mountain of tires. Stretched off. It was so high, by the way, they had to put red lights on the top of it for the airport approach. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, uh, you had to use, uh, you know, ropes and stuff and, and the climbing axes to climb to the top of this mountain. It was, you know, like climbing Mount Everest and guys would fall off a crevasse. Not be heard of in years. In fact, if you fell, you could, you could drop right into a hole in the middle of the tires. You know, you'd be buried in the mountain, you know, and they never find you. So we would climb up the side of the mountain looking for the size of tires we needed. Well, now that was exciting because you find unbelievable types of tires. I mean, the kind of tires that must have been used on, say, uh, you know, exotic things like amphibious submarines, uh, you know, that had flaps on the side of them, the water wings that came out, you know. You'd find <laughs> great stuff. See? So we're climbing up there all, all day long. It would be a whole day, you know, operation, see, looking up and down for the tires. And finally, you would find two tires, or maybe three, that were your size. Now, you would always find more than what you needed. That's for bargaining purposes. You do not want to let uh, smiling Saul, the, you know, the, old, the friendly Greek, you will not let, you do not let him know which tire you want. That, because the minute he knows what tire you're really wanting, 
that's the one that's going to be five times more expensive than all the others. See? So you, you know, finally, you, see, these, they, you have to learn these little tricks when you're in life. You know, you know just, uh, so we climb up to the top, me and Schwartz and all the guys were looking for fires, see? and dirty and smelly. Oh, the, there's nothing like the smell of a, of a giant mountain of fermenting old fire. That has a, that has a, a pungency, just great. So we climb up to the top, and I would get that two or three times. And uh, I'd, I'd come crawling down the mountains with these tires. And you, you, you'd roll them. You'd roll them down up to the shaft. And uh, remember, uh, there was a protocol. First of all, uh, the smiling Greek would never come out of his shack. You had to bring the stuff to him. He would never walk up. How I think I am, huh? Yeah, bring, the, bring the radiator to here. Bring it down to the shack. We look at it. Bring the radiator car back around here. Me and Stan will look at it. Well, we bring the tires down, and then you would take the tire in. That uh, that see, you, you have to be very careful with it. See, you would take the tire in that you had no desire to own. No desire to own. You'd roll it in, and you'd bounce it a couple of times. You'd say, hey, uh, hey, Sal! And you'd look out at it, boom. Yeah, what do you want? Say, hey, Sal, how about this 616 here? look out a lot of rubber on it so yeah well that's why i want it five bucks first of all but you didn't tell south if your car did not use 616 it used 550 you'd say five bucks oh come on a lot of rubber on it kid take it or leave it well, that was the way something was, take it and leave it. So you had to work around it. Then you would run around the other side of the shack, see, and, and he never came out, see, so you'd get away with it. You'd run around the other side of the shack, like pretending that you're gone, see, for a, like another 20 minutes to get a time. Then you come back out, see, this time you have got the tire that you want. Remember that, see? And you come bouncing it out. This is the one with the with the uh, boots in it. So, you know, this is the only one you can afford to use. It's got, got boots in it, you know. It's got balkanized spots. And everything's been retreaded eight times. So you bring it around the front and say, Hey, Sal, how about this one? I want this one just for the, for the side walls. What I'm going to do is cut this one up and use it on the side of the boat. How about this one? They'd look out, see, he was always suspicious, but he realizes, see, that this is a different size than the one you got before. He says, uh, I said, why, that's the wrong size. So said, well, I don't care what size it is. What is it, 550, 15? It looks like that. I, I, don't want, I don't care what size, I'm going to cut it up. I'm going to use it on the side of the dock. Uh, that'll be, uh, you know, let me, let me take a look at that thing, kid. It's got some rubber on it. Yes, don't look right away. I just want to I want to put nails to it, you know, on the side of the dock. I want to use it for a bumper, you know, down at the dock. Uh, that'd be a buck and a half. Well, now, see, the thing is, if you had said, yeah, 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 at that point, he said, wait a minute, wait, I want to take a look at that. So you say, oh, that's too much, Sal. He said, well, take it or leave it, kid. Now, see, you have really made it. You've got a five-dollar tire for a buck and a half. At which point you leave. You kind of want it because you don't want him to come running out to changing his story. So then you go back and you get the other six hundred sixteen. You got another six hundred sixteen, which you roll out. You say, 
Hey, listen, I, I, my left rear is going bad on a Ford. Uh, how about this one, Sal? Well, he remembers you brought another size. Now he thinks this is the cotton size you made. So, at which point, he says the same thing. Uh, a lot of rubber on that, kid. A lot of rubber. I was saving that for my sister. Uh, my sister uses 660. I want to sell it. That'll be it. Uh, let me tell you this. I couldn't let that go. A little less than eight bucks. Then you say, oh, come on, you're out of your mind, son. The hell with you. He said, well, take it or leave it, kid. At which point, then, you grab the 550 and say, well, I'll just take this old junker then. The hell with you. I'll buy my tires down at Frank. Well, Frank was his deadly rival. He had the junkyard down by the river seat. Evil Frank, he was called among uh, all of his best customers, because he, nobody ever actually bought anything from Evil Frank, but you always threatened foul that you would. So uh, he said, I'll get my tires at Frank's. Well, go ahead, take it or leave it. I don't give a damn. Come on. Well, you give him the buck and a half, and you look real man. But actually, inwardly, of course, you had achieved a great victory. And uh, had he known that, uh, that you would immediately run out and put this on your left rear, see, that would have been at least five bananas. So, you got a buck and a half tire. Well, that was the kind of tires that we all drove on. Oh, and me, Flick, Schwartz, Frank Paswinski, the whole crowd. See, Bolas, the whole gang. Well, you can imagine, we got a lot of practice in uh, in uh, changing tires. Uh, you, we got very good. I mean, when you drive that type of tire, the steady thunder, the steady drum fire of blowouts, accompanied every trip where we made, you know, wherever we went. But that it was all right. At least we could go, you know. Except once in a while, one would blow up completely, you know, just scatter the tire over miles. At that point, you know, it would take you maybe two or three days to just reassemble the tire from the bushes hanging in the trees and uh, then, you know, gluing it back together and all. So uh, uh, we got a lot of uh, very good practice. I can really change tires. You have no idea. You've seen me change tires. I, 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 uh, I one time changed tires on a friend of Peugeot up in Canada one day, and the, we didn't even have to stop the car. The car was rolling all the time. I changed the tire. That, that's changing tires. It's like the kind of work you do in the Indianapolis pits, you know? So, you know, out of the car, you're running, you know, just before the tire is even completely fat. It's, you know, it's not even flat and it's going you're out you got it off you got the other one on and the motor is still you know the guy's still got it in second gear and you go you know take skill practice that's the only thing. practice kid. you cannot learn to, 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 to change tires by reading a book and you cannot learn about sex by reading dr rubin and the only thing that works is practice 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 stick with it practice that's what pays off right al in every field. You want to learn to play the fiddle? You don't read a book on it. You practice. Want to learn to play the juice harp? No book's going to tell you. Practice. Changing tires, love, it's all the same. So, uh, nevertheless, Flick, this historic day. <laughs> Flick on this historic day sent his entire, his entire life fortune. I mean, it includes two inheritances, it included all the money he had saved from his paper route for the past year and a half. It included the money that he got, you know, the time that he sold the generator that he stole down at, <laughs> down at Saul. All of it. It was all there, you know. And he sent it off to this cockamamie outfit that had this, this catalog. You remember what the catalog said to him? Right, the catalog said, if we ever told you the name of this manufacturer, believe me, our license would be lifted 
But because they were overstocked on certain sizes and they wished to introduce them to the public, we now make available at only $7.80 an absolutely new, fantastic, beautiful, unwarranted tire, which will give you thousands of miles of trouble-free driving. And it has the new cross-hatch double whammy suction thread. You know, the thread, the one that'll grip the road like an armadillo's claw. That picture, you know. <laughs> You've seen those ads, right, Clint? Well, Flick said it is in life savings. And it says they would be shipped out by Railway Express. And we were excited because he was the first guy in our entire crowd that made a major step forward in his life. There wasn't one kid in our entire crowd that had ever owned or even contemplated owning a new tire. Now that is a <laughs> that is a step forward. So at this see now wait a minute I'm, I have to explain something to you. A lot of you are going to say, oh you know they must have come from all these cool times. No, it was a matter of principle. It was a matter of principle. We put old rotten tires on our cars because that's the way the principle was. The least amount you spent on tires, the better, you know. And, and also, that's one of the reasons why we became so adept at gas siphoning. We all could have bought gas now and again. <laughs> but it was the thrill of the chase. The excitement of sticking that rubber hose into the back of a Pontiac. And say, you know, taking that first big, deep draft, getting so good at it that you didn't get more than, oh, maybe a pint and a half in your lungs every time you gave it a shot, you know. I got so good at gas siphoning that I could tell you the brand name of the gas by the taste. I could tell you whether it was Texaco, whether it was Shell, whether it was Phillips 66. By the way, my favorite gas, uh, now that you ask me, my favorite gas, uh, uh, from the standpoint of its piquant after flavor, from the standpoint of its uh, elegant uh, after dinner uh, uh, excellence, it's a fine capping off of a meal of uh, big boy hamburgers, down at Eddie's Diner, uh, you cap it off with a little uh, pint and a half of, uh, of uh, you know what my favorite is? The Curious White Amico has an elegant after-dinner flavor. It's got a nice, dry piquancy. Now, Texaco tends to be a little sweet. Uh, old ladies would prefer that. Uh, people who like Manischewitz wine and that sort of thing, they would prefer Texaco. It's got a sweet, uh, it's kind of a... Uh, you know, uh, taste, uh, but there are the kids among us like the Schwartz, for example, like Texaco. Yes. So, uh, nevertheless, I, I don't know why I'm burdening you with all these. You like this kind of uh, esoterica? Well, uh, Flick, at this point, see, decided that he was going to forge ahead. There's always one guy in every crowd, and I don't care whether it's the office or what, the avant-garde man, the one who forges ahead, grabs life by the horns, and wrestles it to the ground, takes off. One guy will, out of the crowd, will go on to become the movie producer. He will go on to uh, own uh, Beverly Hills, California, and the rest of the kids in the crowd will work at the bowling alley, right? You've noticed that? Well, Flick was that type. And uh, he was always the leader. So when Flick decided to buy four new tires, this was, a, this was an announcement which he made to us. It was almost, uh, well, it, was, it, was, it stunned us. It was, a, it was a stunning concept. <laughs> it really was a stunning concept. It would be like if some guy named Aki, you know, who uh, works down at Christides at the second machine on the end, you know, uh, on the checkout counter over in Flushing, Queens somewhere, 
you know, if he were to come in one day and announce to his fellow workers, hey, you, can I come over here? Got something to say. And they'd come over and say, well, what is it, Aki, huh? You know, like, what's the story, Jerry? You've seen that commercial. You know, what's the story, Aki? Well, I'll tell you guys. Bought myself a 70-foot Hatteras cabin cruiser. And I'm moving to uh, Barbados. Bought myself a 14-room condominium down there. Well, now, that would be a pretty exciting announcement, wouldn't it? That would. I mean, it would be a stunned silence for a moment. Yes. We went flick. We were sitting around over at John's uh, one day, just preparatory to going down to the Red Rooster. Flick says, uh, oh, casually, he dropped it. Oh, I say, uh, what you guys, could you guys help me uh, next Saturday? And Flick, you know, looking around. Schwartz is uh, doing one. We figure, you know, he's our usual thing siphoning gas for Flick's big weekend, or, you know, uh, <laughs> stealing a, t a wheel or something. <laughs> he said, uh, listen, he said, uh, could you get your old man's pickup truck, Schwartz? Gotta go down to the Railway Express office down there. Schwartz said, what for? Uh, picking up a set of new tires that are being shipped in down there Saturday. Oh, my God. Stunned silence. And Schwartz says, new tires? You mean your old man's getting new tires on the Pontiac? Oh, no, no, not the old man. No, I, I'm putting them on the board. I uh, I ordered them. I finally got tired of all this business, you know, with the with the uh, boots. And uh, I got tired of, uh, you know, I, I, I decided to get a, new, a set of new tires with suction grip, armadillo tread. And uh, well-known tires. I can't tell you guys uh, what the name of the tires are because it would get us all in jail. But uh, great tires. Uh, would you guys help me? What the devil? So that Saturday, we're there on tap, and we go down to the place. And sure enough, this great big cardboard crate with all kinds of bags all over. Boy, wait a time. You know what four tires? It's like tires. We put them in the back of Schwartz's old pickup truck. We drive the truck back to Flick's garage. The guys get the knife. They open the thing up, and you can smell the smell of the tires. And out came these four beautiful-looking tires. Oh, four. They had a strange name. A, a, a name that sounded like all the other tire companies' names you ever heard of. Actually, the name was something like Acme Ace Dynatread. You know, with the safety grip armadillo tread. And they had an armadillo's claw or something on the side of them. So painted in gold letters. Oh, great! And Flick rushes out, you know, and gets his jack, and for the next 20 minutes, we're putting new tires on. It was a great experience, you know. We put the new tires, they were in the right. So Flick drives down the driveway. He drives down, and we're all sitting in the car saying, gee, you know, it's great, because we we had gotten so used to the, you know, you know the thumps that your car makes when you got all those boots, and Flick's car goes along just smooth, as, you know, just smooth as a baby behind, you know, we drive along. We come up to the light, say, Flick's favorite light. And by the way, the, the, the pavement at that point, Flick's favorite light, this is what he always showed off with his chick that lived in the, you know, lived in the house right by the place there, was just black with rubber from Flick's previous exhibitions of driving skill and masculinity. And so we arrive at that point, the light is red, and Flick sees this guy next to us. You know, there's a guy who comes cool enough, you know, he's got a 
He's got a, you can just see, you know, he's got, he's got more horsepower under the hood. You know, this guy, you know, some guy, you know, looking out and flicking on these two guys are sitting there. And I wait and see. The life changes flicks watch me clobber this guy with these armadillo threads. Wow. We go like that, see? And all of a sudden, we have bumping like hell. The Schwartz is stop, stop, hold it, Schwartz. And we stop. Flicks car limps off to the side, and there were four long strips of three-quarter inch rubber laying behind us. These tires flew apart. The tread peels off like the top of a sardine can. I never saw anything like it. He didn't burn them off. They just peeled off. And they peeled off in one chunk. I could, I, it was fantastic. And here were these nine-foot-long lengths of rubber behind us. Thick rubber. There was about four of them, you know. And torches. I never saw anything like it. What got out his face? What? Torches. Oh, boy. Send them back. I mean... You, you must, you know, tell him that, you know, you got a guarantee on him, right? Well, he's uh, unwarranted uh, tires because of the famous manufacturer's name. They would not allow that to be uh, used, and they could not give a warranty at such a great savings. Like life savings are gone. And we stood there. We stood there around Flick's poor old car. And at that point, we learned the lesson, each one of us, which we never forgot. And uh, this is the best argument I know in favor of going out to your general tire dealer. Doing the real thing, Fred. I mean, you know, cut out the fooling around. <laughs> oh, this is WOR New York and RKO radio station. Stay tuned for John Wingate. You're listening to Gene Shepard's Saturday Night, which is really Sunday morning. And there's more to come following the upcoming information here on WKAT.